This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Eric Kale, Director of Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum. Welcome to Issues 2022, Eric. Nice to have you with us. Thank you, Steve. Good to be here. Uh, the museum located in the former Wichita City Hall in downtown Wichita. Do you, do you know when that structure was built, Eric? Yes. Well, you know, the, uh, the city was incorporated in 1870, and they ran city government out of a number of different locations and, and wanted to build a city hall. And by the 1880s, uh, economy was booming, and they got a start on it in 1890. So where, where the museum located before that, just a kind of a wandering thing, or what? Um, yeah, the, the city hall, uh, they would just set it up wherever they could. It's sort of documented, but uh, some of those buildings are, are gone now, and uh, they just did it by hook or by crook, as you might when you're a 10-year-old uh, a young city like this. So um, it, it took them a while to get their act together to, to build a grand structure. Now, uh, in the building you're in, how many floors are uh, are used for exhibits? All all the floors? Or are there four? Yeah, all four floors are uh, contain exhibits. We have about uh, two dozen different exhibits. Um, many of them change. Some, some are core exhibits that um, uh, are long-term. And then some are immersive exhibits. There are environments you can walk into, like the Victorian Cottage or the uh, Jones 6 Auto Garage. Uh, that's a car that was built here in Wichita 100 years ago. Or the, um, let's see, uh, the uh, mayor's office itself exists in the uh, exact location where it was when the building was open. And we've reinterpreted that and recreated it. And so you do have permanent exhi- permanent exhibits, and you change out and bring something else in from time to time, right? Yeah, we, we uh, typically in the course of a year, we might have uh, half a dozen uh, new changing exhibits. Uh, we sometimes get exhibits that travel. Uh, there's not a lot of places out there creating exhibits about Wichita that travel, uh, but there are some interesting exhibits that are applicable to our our local history. So we get those when we can, too. How is the museum funded, Eric? Well, it's funded through its membership. It's a private 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization, but we partner very closely and have for years with the city and the county and uh, receive some operational funding from them, but most of it we raise ourselves, and um, um, we we do uh, reside in a city-owned building. Uh, the city hall is still owned by the city. Oh, okay. Uh, by the time this airs, uh, the, I believe, uh, help me with this, I believe the 39th Annual Festival of Reese will be over. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the festival so we can mark it on our calendar for next year? and be sure? To oh, do- absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, the Reese Festival is uh, something that begins uh, the week before Thanksgiving every year, and we it, it's really kind of ongoing throughout the holidays. We uh, we have um, a museum, a volunteer museum-run gift shop that is. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> let me rephrase that. We have a museum gift shop that is run by our volunteers, and we are uh, like Holiday Central as far as. Um, uh, decor items and such. So uh, you can come down any any time and look at our gift shop. There's no charge to do that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when it comes to Festival of Wreaths, may I have? Do I have this wrong? Uh, what are the dates for that? Uh, uh, the Festival of Wreaths. Well, we really pull out all the stops uh, this year. It's um, uh, the it's uh, the week before Thanksgiving, the right. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, um, right before Thanksgiving, and it is um, we really we have box lunches that we sell. Uh, we have a bake sale, and we have lots, lots of merch. And that was the seventeenth, uh, eighteenth, and nineteenth of November. Always the week before Thanksgiving. This year was our thirty-ninth annual, and uh, next year we'll be celebrating. Hopefully, um, serving lunch on the premises as we have in the past. We've sort of suspended that for a couple years, but I expect to be back to that again. Uh, next year in 23. I think we've got your plans for Thanksgiving pretty well covered. What about uh, uh, Christmas? Anything else uh, going on at the museum regarding Christmas? Yeah, we uh, we do decorate the, the entire building for the holiday, and we also uh, interpret uh, the decor in the Victorian cottage, which is uh, several rooms of exhibits uh, uh, depicting a uh, a Victorian home in Wichita, and so uh, that is decorated for Christmas. We also have um, exhibits in the entry uh, lobby on the first floor, which um, are Christmas-focused. Uh, uh, our big feature really is the Innes, or you might think Macy's, Santa Claus. He was a uh, automatic Chronic um, moving Santa, life size, um, and he uh, he graced the windows of that department store just right around the corner from us is where it was, and uh, we actually have video that was taken with an eight millimeter camera of him in motion in those years. He was uh, rescued uh, from uh, actually a uh, being disposed of. Oh. And saved by a family here in town, and they they loan him to us every year. You know, and that's uh, for those of us who who grew up in Wichita, at least partially. The uh, the windows down there at Macy's or Innocent and Macy's, they so, uh, there was I, a little man. I, I don't remember his name, or I didn't know his name. There was apparently one guy who he was in charge of that and took great yes, pride. Yeah, in fact, all the department stores downtown, and even some of the smaller stores. Really, um, in those days, uh, we're talking about before uh, the, the shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the all the retail was downtown, and the display windows were quite an attraction. Uh, you could walk for blocks and watch these windows and the displays that were set up. Every major department store had staff. Uh, a talented staff artists that would create these windows, and then there were those that uh, went around and did the smaller shops as well, and it's it was uh, quite interesting. That still exists in a few larger cities, but it's it's kind of faded at this point. Let me ask you, Eric, about uh, the electric guitar exhibit uh, that you've had there for a while. Is that still still on display? No, that just closed. That oh. had a, a nice, uh, about a 20-month run. Wow. And and it was a special exhibit. It was uh, really unparalleled. It was a very 
uh, well curated. It had some amazing instruments in it, and it all hinges on the uh, the uh, story about the electric guitar making its world debut from Wichita in 1932, mm. which uh, is something that we've substantiated. So it's it's an interesting bit of Wichita history right up there with uh, aviation and fast food, perhaps. Is that a traveling exhibit, or is that something you have that you've stored away? How is that? Oh, uh, no, that was a, just a one-time exhibit, uh, many borrowed instruments. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. And it, it uh, you know, um, it it is not traveling. Okay, okay. Now, uh, it brings up a good question. Uh, how, how do you, where and how do you get your exhibits of local interest? I know you get Well, the museum has been uh, a museum since 1939, so we have been collecting for over 80 years, we have over 70,000 artifacts in our permanent collection, and uh, we draw from those uh, to create our exhibits. Our staff is uh, is very capable of creating excellent um, award-winning exhibits, um, and we, we do that fairly regularly, drawing from the collection. If not the collection that we, we own, we will... Um, sometimes borrow uh, to uh, fill in the gaps. We have one like that right now that's up in uh, the Slauson Gallery on the fourth floor that's all about the Art Deco era, era of uh, the 20s and 30s here in Wichita. Ah, okay. Hey, you're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Eric Kale, director, Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum. How many visitors will the museum entertain in a typical year, Eric? You know, we've kind of been rethinking that because we get so much online uh, engagement these days, and you can really count those interactions uh, as well as the, the uh, foot traffic through the door. Um, this year we're on track to have 10,000 visitors, which is rebounding uh, now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've kind of had... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a fall off in the past few years, but it's coming back. We're used to closer to 20,000 in, in the course of a year through the door, but we just engage tens of thousands, well, probably hundreds of thousands when you count everything from YouTube to Facebook to Instagram to online programs. We stream a lot of our programs uh, live and we archive them on uh, currently the YouTube platform and also some on our website so it's uh, it's uh, I'd say our reach is, is pretty far and it's pretty unique because it's all about local history so you, what you're telling me is that you have uh, people are taking virtual tours is that it of the museum yeah virtual tours and programs that we put on when we have a speaker come in to speak on a certain topic. The Senior Wednesday programs around town are very popular. Uh, there are about 10 organizations that participate in that. So every Wednesday of uh, every week, there is some Senior Wednesday program uh, running. Uh, and we always do ours on the fourth Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And we always, we always have those uh, virtual, you can you can view them remotely as well as come and attend. Do you have a, a, a what is your what's your uh, web address? How do we access the the, the easy way to find us is uh, 
Wichita History, one word, dot O-R-G, stands for organization. And if you go to our website, at the very bottom, there are little tiny icons for all the social media, and you can go direct to our social media platforms (laughs) where we also exist. So... Everything's up to date at the historical museum. Then, that's, that's <laughs> well, we 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 try to we try to keep current. How did the uh, pandemic impact your operation and attendance? Was that a kind of a place where it, it changed the nature from everybody in person to some doing cyber? Or how did how did that work? Well, um, you know, um, it really did expand everyone's skill set with technology, or many of us anyway. Um, you know, the ability to to broadcast content out to folks, um, you know, in remote locations through these platforms like Facebook and our website or YouTube. And then, um, so it, it we had to step up and, and learn this technology and have a, a great staff that really has done well with it. And then all the audience out there, many, many folks are, uh, learning how to navigate that. So it's it's made attendance much easier, but there's nothing that really replaces the the actual visit to yeah. to the museum. Yeah. And do you give many uh, school tours, Eric? We do. We offer school tours um, uh, without charge, and we um, we also not not just without charge. We also have. Uh, transportation funding reimbursement for for many schools wow. too so it's uh, we try to remove all the barriers for the kids to come but there have been challenges with that I want to uh, just cover some basic things on each of the floors in other words the first floor of the museums I recall is a uh, is you have the gift shop there and and a place where of course you you come in and with your tickets or whatnot uh, that's on the first floor uh, anything else on the first floor? Do you have a meeting room or something down there? What? Well, we have uh, typically several exhibits um, on the first floor that are easy to see right when you come in before you you pay admission, which is only $5 unless you're a card-carrying museum member, uh, which um, many, many folks are. Yeah. Um, we also have a gallery, the Courtney and Marcelette Davis Gallery, which is sort of a welcome gallery. It's also a gallery that contains um, exhibits created by students here locally that are um, based, like our mission, on local history. So a lot of the National History Day uh, students participate in that as well. Give us a look at uh, what's on the second floor. What's the highlight up there? The second floor is a, 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 an interesting place because that's where our our West Gallery is, and that is where we have many special exhibits that are here for a limited time. So that's changing often, and um, we currently have uh, miniature Christmas trees that were created by a local artist, Sylvia Jackson, and uh, that will change in January uh, to a new exhibit that is about our our permanent collection and has a lot of different things and many different stories that are attached to them. We also have the uh, Child's World Gallery, which is uh, kind of a a focus for school tours where it's all about uh, living as a child in the past. So it's just full of toys and stories that are attached to them. What about the third floor? What's the highlight there? 
The third floor is kind of our introduction. I kind of think of it as the 19th century floor, the 1800s. And it is where we have our core exhibit, Wichita, the Magic City. And it takes you through a kind of a chronological trip of our of our own local history from the peace treaty right after the Civil War uh, through the um, the end of the century and the dawn of the Air Age. And then we also have the mayor's office there. We have a gallery, uh, the uh, Lois K. Walls Gallery, where we have local artists on exhibit. And we have the Victorian Cottage there mm. and also the mayor's office. Wow. And how about the fourth floor, Eric? What's up there? The fourth floor is uh, another um, uh, interesting gallery. I think we're moving forward in time. We kind of get to the 20th century up there. We have a, uh, an exhibit called The Spirit of Wichita that picks up where Magic City lo- leaves off. We have a video on uh, aviation history and just cover a lot of things that happened in the early years, including electricity. We do uh, address the electric guitar story up there in, in one segment, but many other things. The automobile, we have a Jones 6 automobile, very rare. They made thousands of them here in Wichita, but very few survive, and we have the only one on public exhibit. And then we have a gallery, the Slauson Gallery, uh, which contains that Art Deco exhibit that I mentioned. And it changes fairly frequently. It will change next year. You know, when I brought my grandkids down there a few years ago, they were most fascinated by, A, the pay phone booth, uh, telephone booth, and also the typewriter. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, his, history museums are notoriously um, um, void of hands-on things, but we d- do have a couple things that are not in the collection. One is a 1948 payphone booth, and it operates exactly as it would have um, back in those days, and you can make calls from it. Um, huh. Anyone comes in and asks us to use our phone, we just give them a dime and tell them to use that one. There you go. But it won't, <laughs> but it won't, take, then, a, it won't take a selfie, will it? <laughs> no, it's very, it's very limited just to, to uh, audio conversation. Now, is there an exhibit or two that, that are deemed the most popular at the museum? Yes, one of the most uh, popular, I would have to say, is the Jones 6 automobile yeah. up on the fourth floor. And, of course, people are mystified how we got the car onto the fourth floor, but that is revealed up there in a video that is uh, taken from... Uh, local news footage that we got at Wichita State University's uh, Special Collection Archive, and it shows just exactly how we got the car onto the fourth floor. Now, the Carillon is in that building, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, the Carillon is the, the bell-playing uh, instrument. Yeah, right. And uh, it actually is um, uh, not an acoustic Carillon, but it's electronic, and it was just recently replaced. Wichita has had, um, I think, three or four Carillon uh, in operation since the 1950s when it was uh, given to the city. And that, uh, is, that, is that physically operated? I mean, somebody play a keyboard, or is, is it just recorded stuff? That it's, it's actually, there is a double keyboard up there, and we do concerts. Oh. Our next one is... Uh, Gosh, it's coming right up, I think. And, well, we do, any holiday we have, 
there is a carillon concert uh, the Friday before uh, all oh, the major holidays, and you can go to our website and see that schedule. Okay. Uh, it sounds funny to say about a historical museum, but what's new? Anything new at the museum? <laughs> well, we, we try to keep it new. We, the, the last thing we want is to have folks think that they've been there and done that, and they'll see the same things they saw in third grade. <laughs> um, so we we keep things uh, going. We have a, a very uh, agile professional staff that um, uh, works around really, you know, 24-7, <laughs> I'd have to say, to keep the, the building going. Um, there's always something, if you if you plan to visit, I would plan to visit at least twice a year, and you'll, you'll see something new both times. Good idea. Now, uh, do you use volunteers at the museum? Yes, yes, we have a we have a lot to thank for volunteers. We have a board of trustees, all volunteers. Um, we have a group, uh, the WIMS, as they're known by their acronym. No one really remembers what that stands for, but it's uh, it's they've been in in effect for a long time, and they help us with events like the torchlight tour and and the uh, city county birthday celebration in July and. Um, different things that we do here, uh, they they help us stage a lot of that, and they run our gift shop. Tell us about your hours of operation at the museum. Well, we are closed on Mondays, but okay. open every other day. During the week from Tuesday to Friday, we're open from 11 to 4, and on Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 5. Okay. And this year, uh, Sundays are free, uh, thanks to a grant we wow. we received from the Ruth Spooner Stone Foundation at Interest Bank. Okay, Eric, uh, I don't know much about your background, but just answer me this, if answer this question, please. What was it? Uh, did something in your childhood get you interested in history? Were you always interested in history? Uh, how did this interest come about? Well, yes, I I am a lifelong Wichita, in fact, um, so I can't help but be interested in it. Um, our family moved here in the 1870s, so it goes way back. But we uh, uh, we it's always been something a topic of interest in our family. So when I visited the museum as a kid, I just fell in love with it, and. Uh, that's uh, I've I've been involved with it in some capacity uh, early on as a volunteer. So it's a it's a great place. There are very few cities in the United States that have a local history museum of this caliber. You know, is the interest in in on the young people? Is the interest in history coming back, or is it stronger than usual? Is it is it peaked and we're going the other way and nobody cares? What do you think? Well, it's it's yes. Actually, they are very interested. Uh, we encounter kids every day who are uh, rather fascinated with what they find here, and when they come with, say, a grandparent or someone, there's a lot of back and forth conversation that couldn't really happen anywhere ah. else about the past and yeah. and the present and the future. <laughs> so um, yeah. uh, there are. Actually, hundreds of kids locally who are um, interested in history and participate in National History Day competition. All right, listen, I'm, I'm going to have to stop because we're out of time. But our guest, Eric Kale, Director of Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum, thank you for your, for your good work, and we appreciate it, Eric. We'll come down and see you.
Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate talking with you. That's all for this edition of Issues 2022. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.